0: Hey, everybody, welcome into another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. A lot happening in the high school sports world. Last week, the OHSA decided to cancel the four remaining winter sports tournaments due to the coronavirus outbreak. Now the OHSA is tasked with finding a plan for the upcoming spring sports season, whether it be played in April or May or even later, and also looking ahead to the fall sports season now i'm pleased to be joined by ohio high school athletic association executive director jerry snodgrass jerry thanks for taking a few minutes
1: well thank you you're catching me in kind of a rare time where i'm not in the office you know i'm the only one that's in there at times but uh it's certainly glad and appreciate everything you're doing through this
0: well i appreciate you doing this especially on a weekend um but uh obviously uh just a crazy week a, a surreal week um not only talking about uh, high school sports, but beyond in, in our state, in our country, in the world, as everybody knows. But uh, obviously, the the uh, the news came out on Thursday about uh, the decision to cancel the remaining winter sports tournaments. I'm just curious. We're not going to dwell on that uh, decision and all that sort of thing. But just going forward, um, um, what's kind of the next discussion for you, your, your team? Obviously, everybody's rem- uh, working remotely. But uh, I'm just kind of curious, as we kind of are still in a waiting mode for spring sports, what happens next?
1: Yeah. And, you know, let me go backward just for a brief moment, you know, on that decision even. And, you know, we didn't put that decision off, you know, just to get false hope. And I know a lot of people maybe think we did. But, you know, until we really found out and we found out the day before on Wednesday, um, almost solidified that major universities were going to shut down through the summer, uh, their facilities would not be available. I just still don't know if they've even made that public yet, but most of them have indicated, you know, this long date. Well, I, we can extrapolate that and know that if those universities are going to do that, there's certainly no high school anywhere that's going to take the liability on hosting an event. It just isn't going to happen. So that became one of the major factors. And then the news conference on Wednesday, talking about, and they even extended that a little bit, when the peak of this was going to be. Um, just at that point in time, we had to go with the numbers. I mean, and just say, you know, it's sad to say the hope was gone on that, but essentially that that did close the door. Going forward, a lot of that remains the same. I think a lot of people might, you know, I know how bad kids want this. And I guess I should commend you and us and everybody for creating this monster, for creating this thing. I'm not not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the the strong desire and how important high school sports are. I mean, that's really come out in this. And and that's important. And I'm glad we've done that. We're all part of that. But I, I think a lot of people maybe overlook the fact that you know it is a team approach to beating this and you know I often said you know I'm back coaching again I'm trying to beat an opponent you know that I don't know if we can beat you know I mean it's it's you've had opponents when you're coaching before that like you don't tell the kids this but boy it's gonna be a tough one you know and you try to do you muster the troops all you can And right now I'm trying to muster 350,000 kids to fight this battle and to win but it's such a team approach that you know, if schools don't go in, back in session, you know, right away people will say, can't you play events if school is not in session? Snow days, there are schools that still play on snow days, of course, but there's also the team approach to this in that, you know, from governmental, uh, legis- from legislators to, to school administrators, you know, they don't want to shut down schools and let other school events go. It's It's the wrong message. We're an extension of the classroom and not the classroom itself. So that plays into it. It would be very difficult to have schools canceled and facilities shut down and then turn around and say, well, we can still do this. We know the importance of it. I mean, I'm so emotional about this. It's incredible. But that doesn't mean that we can't be part of a team to do what needs to be done.
0: I guess one other thought on just this past week and really the past two weeks. I mean, do you ever kind of pinch yourself or wake up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. saying, wow, what did did we just go through here?
1: Yeah, you know, well, first of all, no, I don't wake up at 3 a.m. because I'm still awake at 3 Um, (laughs) a.m. through all this, and I do mean that. It's been very difficult, you know, I think for a lot of people in leadership roles to come to grips with it, but exactly that. I I just ask myself. I I sat there yesterday in my office. I'm the only one in there, and I, 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 just kind of buried my head for a second and said, I can't believe we're, I, I'm in a period of time in society. You know, the, the state tournament program, I have every state tournament program back to the fifties, you know, that I collected as a fan, as a coach, as you name it. And now there's going to be an asterisk in there, you know, beside that, you know, 2020 uh, state basketball tournaments. And, and I, I just, but then again, it propels me forward. I mean, it really does energize me to say we can do this and we're going to come back. And where I'm so energized is we're going to come back. We're going to come back strong and we're going to be challenged to come back stronger than ever. Everything that maybe there are bad things in high school sports are bad things in every sport. Now is the time when we come back. I'm energized as can be that we're going to get that right. And so I, hate, I maintain that, and I, I'm lucky our staff feels that way too. We're, we're energized, ready to go, and bring it back the right way. So
0: obviously everybody wants an, everybody wants an answer as we kind of communicated too about, uh, you know, we want instant information in our society. But uh, what's the next step in terms of what you're looking at daily from a spring sports perspective? What needs to happen? What doesn't need to happen? I know you, you're your famous saying that, you know, what you like to hope for the best and embrace for the worst. <laughs> yep. but, uh, I'm just curious, what, what's kind of the, the mindset now going forward into the next week?
1: Well, you know, I, it was interesting. I read somebody's tweet recently that said, you know, we, speaking of society in general, said, hope for the best, expect the worst. And I, how true that is. But one of the biggest sayings we've had is not just that, but it's hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And I think that's one of the things we try to embrace is plan for every scenario. And I'm not going to kid anyone that one of the most overriding factors in all of this is the length of school um, closure. Uh, You know, right now it's, it's April 6th. To think that's realistic, probably not, but it is what it is. So when the governor and Dr. Acton have that on the radar as such, we're going to have it on the radar too. And our plans are to come back then. We also know if that's not realistic, then we have a plan if it's May 1st. Uh, if it's the end of may, there's a possibility. I mean, there's some very remote possibilities. The other part of that. So, I mean, those are the things I think school closing is probably the number one trigger. Um, and there are governmental regulations that are coming out every single day on what can be done. When I see, when I see basketball courts on the outside, you know, at parks, they're, they're, the rims are taken down. I mean, that, that, That's troubling. Now, on the other hand, that means kids are going to go back to playing outdoors again like the old days when it comes back. They will. I know they will. But um, but given all that, I think, you know, one of the biggest triggers is going to be whether school is in and any legislation that follows. it. Friday uh, in our daily meeting that we have with staff, um, we did. I mean, not that we weren't thinking about it, but now we're starting to look at what if we're delayed in football? Whatever delayed in our fall sports of cross-country, one of the earliest starts. Um, it's difficult for us, too, to have one sport that may have, I guess you can say all you want in cross-country, there's social distancing because, you know, you got race the other person. But uh, it's pretty difficult to have one sport and not have the other. I, I know that, you know, people challenge that a little bit. But, but we are looking at now fall. We're starting to plan. We're starting to plan. Actually, we have been. If we do not go back to school, fall eligibility of athletes. You know, I mean, so that that all weighs into these things. And uh, we have to think that out carefully. Um, A lot of our transfer regulations and all kinds of those things. But once again, I've tried very hard to not let our regulations box us in for what we're doing. And that's why, you know, we say like competitions and state tournaments and all that. Well, maybe it's in a different fashion. You know, maybe, maybe dream big. I don't know. I don't have all those answers, but, you know, I have staff and trust me, I listen to people when they send things in. Sometimes something sparks me a little bit like, yeah, that might be worth trying. So
0: piggybacking hey, off of that a little bit, Jerry, just, uh, you mentioned how energized your staff is going forward, whatever that might be to, to resume, obviously, but you also did mention during your press conference about, you know, the financial impact, um, the first estimates, I think you said 1.4 to 1.5 million, based on the the winter tournaments uh, being canceled. The remaining ones, that was. Um, what what creative brainstorming have you started that in terms of other ways you can? Um, maybe make up for that revenue. I know all businesses, all governments, everybody's in the same boat. But I'm just kind of curious from that standpoint, what you thought of?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great point. I've tried not to focus on that, and that really is about the first time I've said it. But internally, you know, I'm looking at my leadership from the external side of 350,000 kids, 821 schools, and you know, the 65,000 coaches, or you know, those numbers. But I'm also looking at the well-being of, of 20 full-time staff members. And, you know, that's challenging. They have livelihoods, too. And, you know, the impact of this is, I mean, it's real. And, I mean, there are some things out there that we're looking at uh, relative to, I mean, some states, I was on a call um, on Friday, I was on a call with um, Section 2 states, Kentucky, um, Pennsylvania, you know, the ones in Section 2 of the NFHS, along with Carissa Nihoff, the Executive Director of the NFHS. And a lot of things were being discussed. I know that at least one state that I know of is probably going to take out a loan. And, um, I mean, that's real. I mean, that option is there. There's some legislation out right now that will uh, offer loans to nonprofit that can be turned into a grant. I don't know all the deals, but I have somebody looking into that. I mean, so it's not something that I'm not saying I don't need to know. Of course, I'll know, but I'll know through the experts that I have looking into it for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we have to look at our partnerships, you know, that are a critical part, you know, of our revenues. And we've tried to broaden that in the last couple of months. So we have to look at how we're serving them because they were denied a lot of opportunities, you know, for their promotional items at state tournaments and all that. So we're trying to look at everything and you know we're we're, we're really right now in a mode of, it's probably not right to say this, but, but cutting and um, trying to be more efficient. You know, we're looking at every single thing we do and say, do we need this? Can we do it in another way? We were looking at um, some of our meetings coming up and how, uh, and some of this we've already worked on. We have a meeting for new administrators at the start of the year. And yet that meeting costs probably when it's all said and done about twelve to $13,000. Can we do it without cheapening and weakening the, 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 the product you know yeah we can I know we can there's a lot being learned by online meetings right now of people that never did them before um, trying to be more efficient so we're trying to go that route first but not eliminate the services for our kids um, we have a lot of liabilities out there Mike you know the, the boxes I have to take a picture the number of boxes of uh, game programs that we have from girls basketball that have been printed wrestling it's incredible the boxes and you know other than the ones we mail out to people and the ones we sell they're probably going to go for recycling and that's a huge expense um you know things like that are trophies you know people kind of forget that if we don't have spring sports you know we have all these winter and spring sport trophies that have been you know and say well can't you repurpose them well not if they're stamped with the year 2020 on them so, you know, we have those liabilities there too. And we just, last Wednesday, I got a full report. And one, the losses are greater than, it's, a, it's up close to 2 million. And uh, the liabilities are out there too. So, but all that aside, we're trying to look at ways first to save um, on expenses going forward that we don't need to do. I think we can do a lot there to minimize the, the um uh, expense the cost of this just curious what happens to those actual physical trophies do do they just get sent back to the company or what happens um not if we have to pay for them I don't know what we'll do with them, but uh, I, I think the biggest aspect, and I think, you know, one of the traditional things for us are the medals that go to kids. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we're even looking for something with that. You know, I, I'm not a big one. I don't want to lock myself in, but, you know, people have suggested, you know, make all 16 teams in the state girls basketball tournament champions. Uh, I don't want to lock myself into that, but I, I'm, I'm not sure kids want that. You know what I mean? Recognizing them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I want to tell you this, um, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this, but I contacted uh, Coach Grant at the and um, the men's basketball program at the University of Dayton. Um, you think about it. You know, look what they've gone through. I mean, a once and you know, once in a lifetime, and those kids are shattered too. I mean, the dream of I mean, that's that's unfathomable. At the same time, is there something we could do? you know is there some some way that we could get our kids together with their players their team i don't know if we can or not but at least i'm looking at it and um is that is that the best thing no but is it maybe some closure and when we focus on leadership and we focus on what's really important in life maybe that's one of the best things we could do so i'm hoping something like that comes to fruition so we're looking we're looking at everything yeah. i
0: know you mentioned uh- It was mentioned in the press release about maybe next year's state tournament, finding a way to recognize the athletes of this year. Do you have any other ideas about that, or is that just kind of in the works right now?
1: It is in the works, but I I will tell you, right when we talked to the schools on uh, Thursday, one of the first things that we mentioned, actually our basketball administrator, uh, Kathleen Coglin mentioned it to the schools uh, and has already received a great deal of feedback is that, you know, we want to recognize we want to give them the respect that they're due give us some ideas she's gotten a bunch of ideas right away so i mean i'm, a, I'm kind of throwing that in her hands she knows she would probably laugh if she were watching this right now because she knows that some of my ideas are pretty off the wall but i but i i welcome that we have a room like we have a room at our office called the forest and we call it the forest because it's surrounded by windows on three sides and um, Outside or trees and grass and, you know, it looks like a forest. Yeah, we go up there and think and just throw things on the wall that are ideas. Some of them become hilarious sometimes, like, you know, but it's awesome dialogue. And that's, we will be doing that a lot. Maybe not together in one room, but at least uh, visually we will be doing it. So we're thinking of as many things as we can.
0: You mentioned to me how your staff really, you were so proud of the way they um, thought and, and met and brainstormed during this crisis. Um, really going back two weeks. I'm just curious, from from your standpoint, what have you learned the most about this whole situation in the past two weeks?
1: What 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 a great question! What a, what a great question! I think I uh, pretty much said that at times in our staff meetings, and I didn't mean it pointing the finger or derogatory. Is that I really believed going into it that a crisis brings out the best in a lot of things. There are good things that rise from a crisis. And you really learn. I, I say this, bear with me I say this, but, you know, I said when I was a coach, I've been in a situation where on a Friday night that our team lost to an 0-15 team. We had no business doing that. I mean, how could this happen? You're devastated. There are people in the stands in your own crowd that they're they're waiting for that to happen. You know, they're, they're, we all have that sometimes even a teammate or two on your benches that way. The next night, you find a way to beat a team less than 24 hours later that you had no business winning, let alone how the attitude was, you know, coming off of a o- uh, loss to an 0-15 o- team. But right there, teams are identified. They're so identified at that point, you know who your teammates are. Now, we didn't have the ones that jumped off a ship or anything like that. But when a crisis developed like this, I learned instantly what a team was internally in our office. And when you think about it, I've only been on the job for less less than two years. Uh, I mean, granted, I've been there for a while to know personalities, but that's been one of the most rewarding things that I've learned is that people were really willing to buck up and and do what was needed to do and, and not care who got the credit for trying to solve the problem. And we're still doing that.
0: What's been a typical day? I mean, maybe you can go back two weeks or maybe even this upcoming week. I mean, you mentioned how you're not asleep at three m. i'm I'm just curious you know what time you get up, what time you know when do you actually have a breather? I mean, how many calls you're making, how many texts or emails from your staff from the governor's office? i mean what what's a typical day for you?
1: Well, you know, for one, I, I tried to go back to my home in Finley, which is about an hour and forty minutes away an hour and forty five minutes away. so you know, and I'm allowed to do that. so, um the um plus you know keeping my we still have payroll to meet and things like that and things like that so I'm allowed to go back and forth but you know so I try to get up early I I do wake up you know usually about 5 30 or so and and you know get on the road early but and I do an awful lot of thinking with all the driving I do I don't listen to the radio that's amazing so I have a way of you know yelling into my phone you know a little bit on uh, voicemail mess or voice messages and you know, I think a lot. I just think you know something will hit me and say, "Oh boy, what? A, oh, I haven't thought about that yet." And and a good example of that is when this crisis first became like we're going to be out of school for a long period of time. Now it's second nature, but right away, like, oh, what are we going to do about eligibility in the fall of our athletes if they don't have a spring term or spring quarter? So that became something that was a voice message for me next day on the or call, hey, uh, Debbie, Roxanne, Kristen, and our compliance department, start putting a plan together. Start putting all the what ifs. What if we are back in school? What if we're not? Um, So, so much, I I spend a decent share of my month of time, you know, thinking things out, and then I've got a list every single day of problems that I need to solve. Um, Some of them, you know, just might be um, one of our buildings, uh, was scheduled to have an HVAC system replaced, you know, and, you know, meeting about, hey, uh, you know, do we go forward? Are we already committed to it? Um, our cleaning service in our office, you know, even stuff like that. When are we scheduling the deep clean when people come back? And I know that sounds like, well, what's that have to do with it? Those are, those are the daily problems I need to solve. And uh, so, and, and usually part of the day, again, with conference call with our staff is getting reports on the
0: projects that they're doing. You mentioned the the call Friday with NFHS. I'm just curious what other state associations um, are going through, I I assume a similar experience, but maybe some ideas that you've learned from them and maybe you've uh, bounced some things off of them as well.
1: Yeah, and it was really a good call to hear those things uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, and, and trust me, I mean, we're all in this together when I say it, but I really felt that we were as prepared as anybody we had been going through an hr audit i was trying to get some help from hr people to make sure our policies and procedures are right so oddly enough in when it first started becoming that people might have to work from home now that's common right now but just a few weeks ago it was not we have a wonderful work from home policy that you know you have to do that sometimes when you have a staff of 20 to 20 some people that you have to make sure that there are agreements that they will be available from certain times. You have to make sure that they have the proper materials to work from home. Uh, we made sure of that three weeks in advance, just in case. It cost us a little bit because we had to buy a laptop or two for somebody that didn't have one. But we did it. We were all ready to go. I found out that some of the other states really weren't quite as prepared that way. I did hear from that that I believe there are five states altogether right now that have canceled their spring sports. Um, Alaska is one of them. Um, I forget the other ones, but uh, Kansas, I think, um, is one. But nonetheless, um, some of them are still scrambling but bit. We were able to share some ideas, though, on loans for nonprofits. Um, you know, how people are looking, you know, the the NCAA last year came out with summer events that division one school uh, basketball coaches could attend. That plays into this, you know, we talked about, is that going to, I mean, I can't believe it would occur, but you know, is that going to be looked at from the NCAA level? I mean, and it is, Um, you know, we have a summer conference with the uh, NFHS, you know, is that going to be held or not? And not only is it going to be held, but who is going to let their people go? So we discussed that at length, you know, in terms of priorities and things like that. So um, a lot of ideas shared, and we're going to keep continuing those those comments as we go forward. A lot of them, a lot of them. I think the the great thing I learned from that is the number Kentucky's summer rules are pretty similar to ours, and I was it was really rewarding to listen to Julian Tackett from the. Um, he, he's become a very very trusted, uh, reliable guy that I put a lot of stock in. And he was talking about how they are looking at adjusting their summer rules and maybe letting the schools dictate a little bit more what, assuming we can do it, sure. uh, but allowing the schools to regulate a little bit more with the idea that we give our coaches a chance to be with our kids. And I think the, there's it's almost like it's a test case. We'll see how that works. And maybe that's the way we ought to be doing it anyhow. So some great, great discussion with the other states
0: i conclude on a positive note. I love the coaching challenge going on on Twitter where you have to share a photo. <laughs> and I know you got in on that and uh, um, it's got to be, I mean, I know you've received a ton of reaction over the past couple of weeks, but uh, you told me a great story. I'd like to see if we can just conclude with a story about uh, making a run over to uh, to Lowe's uh, this weekend and hearing from, uh, from a student athlete and his father.
1: You know, I had to go to Lowe's to pick up something because of the rains and everything going on right now. And, um, A father and his son uh, kind of not yelled at me from a distance, but a couple spots away in the parking lot. And he said, "Hey, co- hey!" He called me Coach Griss, but and I didn't know him, but he said, "Hey, um, just want to tell you, thank you for what you're doing." And I mean, I'm not kidding you. About brought me to my knees in tears that that somebody in a parking lot at a Lowe's recognized one that who I was, and two that. It was appreciated that we're trying to stay on top of things. I was able to talk to the young man. The, the, he's a freshman at Van Buren High School. And I asked him, he said, yes. He said, I was a basketball player. Now, their season concluded. He plays football, but he's also a track athlete. And he told me, he said, you know, yeah, I really miss it. I really miss my friends and all that. He said, but we understand. He said, we do understand. I thought, this is a freshman. That was That was rewarding to me.
0: HSA Executive Director Jerry Snodgrass, always appreciate your time and perspective and thanks for uh, sharing all your thoughts today.
1: Well, thank you because as I said, you know, we've created this. We've created the importance of high school sports. I'm glad we have and I think that means all the more that we'll all be together. It's not just the kids. It's not just the coaches. It's not just us. It's the media too that's going to make a difference when we come back. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jerry. Well, there's certainly a lot to chew on there from the insight from Jerry Snodgrass and the OHSAA. We'll continue to monitor the situation. You don't want to miss my conversation with University of Cincinnati head football coach Luke Fickle this Wednesday on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Thank you for listening.